What up, world? I'm getting to y'all a little late today, but nonetheless, we are here um, on the precipice of a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Um, it's Friday, approximately 4.45. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like 5-something where I'm at uh, right now. And in any event, it's also time for another round of the numbers game. Radio Reto is here with you. Um, I'm riding solo today. And, of course, we have uh, two more numbers to start your weekend off right. So, before we get into that, a couple quick notes. Um, If you weren't around for the last episode on uh, Thursday, recorded Wednesday night into Thursday morning, but, you know, coming out live Thursday, um, beautiful, beautiful show it was, you know, extended version. Um, We had Twan here, King Messiah, if you will, and... For all the things Twan has said in, in league circles and me being there for, you know, basically from uh, beginning until now, currently, that might have been some of the realest stuff he ever said. And especially on, on airwaves, like, I felt that everything was, was accurate. There was nothing that really could be, you know, outrageously uh, disputed. And, yeah, he was on point. I, like, I feel like that was just... I feel like you almost don't expect that from him in the fashion in which he delivered it. Like, I, I feel he's always been honest, but the it, it, it was something different about the honesty in that one uh, that aired yesterday. So, um, shout out to him, my DMV brother, and he'll be back on the show, I'm pretty sure, um, sometime down the line. But, again, for now, it's me by my lonesome today. So, with no further ado, uh, let's play the numbers. Today's numbers in our third episode are 6 and 16. And yes, remember, one AFC, one NFC team each day, each episode. So today, those numbers correspond with the Chicago Bears and the Kansas City Chiefs, two two playoff teams from a year ago. Um and you know Matt Nagy being in that Andy Reid uh, tree of coaching, I guess you could say. So closely related uh, teams here, despite being in opposite conferences, and the owners that'll be featured um, in this one are C's in Chicago and Ty in Kansas City. So got some good stuff for you um, coming up. As a matter of fact, I have nothing else really to say before that. So. We can go ahead and get into this now. So first, let's talk about um, the Chicago Bears for for Madden 20 with C's. You know, I I feel this was the hardest, most difficult by far, I think, schedule to kind of predict. And the reason why is because, pardon me, the reason why is because the Bears personnel is so good on one side and offers you so much upside on the other, but you kind of don't know what you're going to get in between that. And Seas is a guy that, a player that can offer you, I feel at times, more than what you're usually used to getting from him. Um, case in point, if you remember this far back, he made a Super Bowl 
in Madden during Madden uh, 17. So, you know, talking about uh, three years ago now, he made a Super Bowl with Seattle, the Seahawks, who we we, uh, featured in the uh, second episode. But since then, it's been kind of like the inconsistent, you know, erratic, um, Jekyll and Hyde type of, of play that we've seen from him. So, you know, stylistically, he might be, I think, I think, I think you put him like right around league average, you know, maybe a little higher on some days, maybe higher when he can, you know, get into like like his zero dark 30 mode that he he gets into whenever he makes the playoffs. But sometimes it's lower than than the uh, Mendoza line. It, It just depends. So. I had a lot of fun, yet a lot of difficulty in predicting his schedule, which we will get into right now. So, the Chicago Bears start off the season against the Green Bay Packers. They are at home. The Packers are Mike Ill, who I do not know anything about to this point. Um, you know, so so that that's already in itself a hard game to predict. But I'm I'm gonna say sees wins. He's at home. Um, I think Mike might have a little bit of a curve, perhaps, in, in getting to know the style of the league and getting himself acclimated, his feet wet, you know, maybe to his personnel as well. Though, I mean, having Aaron Rodgers ain't a bad start. But in any case, I see um, Caesar winning that first game. Then he goes for his first road test at the Denver Broncos and Kerm. I think sees and it's a trap game. I mean, let's, let's, let's not let's not call it anything that it's not. This is a straight up trap game. It's a game that I see as winnable for both men, both Kerm and Sees. But I don't think Kerm. I mean, and Twan said this the other day. You know that a quarterback situation really doesn't matter with Kerm, and I do agree. But I also think that in this case with you know, you got Mac on that defense in Chicago. You got Eddie Jackson, uh, Kyle Fuller. You still got Leonard Floyd up front. And uh, I know I'm, I'm forgetting a name or two right now. But I, I feel that that'll be enough to to dispel whatever Kerm tries to offer in his running game. He's going to have to make he's going to have to make throws with his quarterback. And I see that going as it predictably goes. So I think he's win that game as well. Might be close, but I think he wins nonetheless. Now you go from that. He's he's two and zero at least according to um in, in my mind he's he'll be two and zero. Then he has Speedy. Now let's talk a little bit about Speedy. It's a guy that has come out in in chat circles and has said, "Yo, I'm tired of being a doormat. I'm I'm tired of being fooled." I'm tired of being on aisle 15 on the freezer side by the ice cream, you know, with the veggie burgers, etc. He's tired of it. And and judging by his preseason, he's had some he's had he's had a little bit of momentum. Like he's he's done some decent things. You can see him building his confidence in terms of his play on the field. And I think that he, with Speedy in a competitive division, one that I fully believe, if he plays like this, like like how he's played in the preseason, I fully believe he can win it. I, I, I really do. I think he needs games like this in his pocket 
in order to get that done. And I think he beat Seas in that game with the um the Chicago Bears and the Washington Redskins. So I got I got Speedy winning that. You can call it an upset, but I just I see if I just see it as Speedy will take some momentum in, and he gonna he gonna win. He gonna surprise some folks, in my opinion. Then Seas goes for his second divisional game of the year, home against Nick. I don't see that ending particularly well for Seas. I think Nick is a guy who, you know, Nick is a guy. He he can catch some momentum also. Like, and, and when he you know gets his groove, I think I think you're looking at you know a top ten guy. I think Nick is going to go up to a, a a good start offensively, and you know if Seas has to make up ground with um, Mr. Trubisky as his quarterback, and also if he has to make up ground in his Usual mindset of, I mean, I just, I think Nick wins the game. You know, let's call it this. I think Nick wins the game, and well, we'll get to that part about C's after his schedule. So Nick wins that. I have C's at two and two. I see it being two and three after he plays Mark in London, which is his next game after that. Um, Mark will have his groove by then, in my opinion, and I think he'll win. Um, he'll create some turnovers and I think it'll be, I think it'll be, you know, a fairly comfortable win for him, um, especially if C's don't have his mind right. Then C's comes back home from over the pond to play Nako in the New Orleans Saints. I believe uh, C's gets back in the win column with that one. Now, here's the thing with his schedule, though. There are several games, and by several, I mean about a half dozen, <laughs> so maybe a little bit more that I was just stuck on. And this one was the very first one that I was like, okay, I'm having trouble deciding. I, I don't know who, because it, it just depends which version of these players is going to show up. Sees his home after that New Orleans game, which I think he will win, to bring him to 3-3. Three and three. He stays at home and welcomes the L.A. Chargers and Manny to town. I have no clue. I, I alternated between thinking C's would win because I think Manny could get himself in trouble with those playmakers on that Chicago defense around him to potentially turn him over. And then I think, well, what C's going to do, who's also, you know, been turnover prone, you know, throughout, you know, the majority of his history, what's he going to do when he got Ingram and Bosa and Derwin James coming at him. Casey Hayward, too, on that, on that corner. One, one of the best zone corners in the league, if not the best pure zone corner in the league. What's he going to do? I don't know the answer to either side. What I do know is the most prevalent factor that I've seen from either person is Melvin Gordon. And I think in a game that will feature a lot of turnovers, in my opinion, a lot being four or more. I think at some point Manny's just going to run the ball with Gordon, probably run away from Mac, and he'll do enough to win that game. I have the Chargers beating the Bears, Manny beating C's, bringing his total to three and four. Fortunately for C's, he has a game he should win in terms of just user versus user matchup against Will. The next game out against Philadelphia. So halfway through the season, I have him at an even four and four. 
Now, getting into the second half of his season, he starts a journey with a guy who can be considered as no less than his Madden soulmate. His chief rival. You just heard him on the show yesterday. This is the beginning of a rivalry that is, you know, built on and thrives off of pure schadenfreude. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I'll give you the spelling too if you need it. I'm I'm not going to spell it right now though. But he plays Tuan first of two meetings in the season. Division rivals. Seasons at home. I feel he wins that one. I feel he wins the home game against Tuan. Mainly for the fact that his team is just better, I think. I don't think he has too much to worry about in terms of the defensive personnel that Detroit offers currently outside of the D-line, but a lot of these plays go outside anyway. I'm, I'm not looking for in the tackles, in the trenches, hard-nosed stuff with C's. You got to, you know, it's, it's more finesse. I think it'll be enough. I think he wins. I also think he beats Bilbo in another close game. That's going to be a trap game as well. I could I could potentially see that being a single-digit ball game headed, you know, into the 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 winning time, the fourth quarter of that contest. But I think Cecil pulled that one out. Likewise, I believe he will beat the Giants and JT as well. So you have C's, um at least you know theoretically, on a three or four game winning streak, going from three and four to now seven and four when we get to Thanksgiving, in the rematch with Tuan, which I do not see him winning. And and that's a game where I think you see more of the the dynamic Tuan. You get the the trash talking that's going to be at a premium because it's getting late in the season and teams are going to start needing those victories to secure, solidify, or strengthen their playoff positioning. I feel Tuan wins that one, and I, I think that that might be a game where he where sees you know just doesn't it isn't you know completely focused the way he should be, which we've seen, you know, at different times over the course of the years. Coming back, though, remember, Jekyll and Hyde. Coming back after that, from a tough defeat, in my eyes, to a nice victory, in my eyes, because he plays Kenny in the Dallas Cowboys. Kenny and C's are guys that I feel are in the similar area in terms of just their overall repertoire, their skills. Their, their acumen for the game, I feel, is, is similar. I feel it makes for a good matchup. And I think C's wins. He's at home for that one, so I think that'll help. And you never know with the weather and stuff. And, you know, with Kenny, it just remains to be seen how he rebounds from last year. He still, you know, might be getting more and more acclimated to the game like he was his first stint, which was, um, you know, stemming back to the very first Madden and the second Madden. So... I think C's wins that one. Then he goes on the road where weather could be a concern again at Green Bay. Um, again, I don't know Mike Ill. I haven't seen him play. I, I look forward to seeing them play. I'm just going to say he, Mike Ill wins that game. Don't ask me how because I don't know how. I haven't seen him yet. But it, it's, it's, the, it's more with C's. I feel he plays to his level of competition sometimes. Games he quote-unquote should win sometimes he loses games that you know you might not think he'll win he does historically at least 
So I have Mike Elwin in that one. And that brings us to C's being, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. After that, Kenny win. That would put him at eight wins. And after the week after that, he plays Green Bay, which I think he'll lose, which would put him at one, two, three, four, five, six losses. So heading into week 16, I have C's at eight and six in the NFC North with Tuan, with Nick, and with Mike Ill. Only thing that's kind of a bad omen for C's, in my opinion, is his last two games are against Ty and the Kansas City Chiefs, who will actually cover right after C's, and Nick in the Minnesota Vikings. In Minnesota, I don't see him winning either game. I, I don't. I think Ty is one of the most disciplined players in in the fact that he doesn't need a wide game plan to beat you. But I think in that you have... Discipline must be maintained in order to stay within your realm. Because it's very easy to get you know caught up in and you want to play catch-up or you want the big play after somebody got a big play on you. And it's easy to get outside your game plan if you allow it to be easy. But I don't think he'll... I, I think he just stays the course all the time. He's one of the best players at doing that. And I think that'll help him beat C's. Um, you know, and he's Kansas City. I mean, I think he's going to take his shots downfield, and I think he'll come up fortunate on the majority of them. Then, eight and seven C's, uh, hypothetically, playing against Nick in the last week of the season. I think this will be the last game of his season, his being C's. I, I think Nick will win again uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I just... It, there's just certain things I have to see. I have to see uh, C's make that next step in terms of his decision-making. Because when when he's on, he's on. I mean, I, I feel he has a decent user. And, and he has the guys to do it. He has, you know, Roquan Smith can do it. Eddie Jackson can do it. I mean, you know, he, he has Kyle Fuller uh, over there. Uh, obviously, Khalil Mack, who I wouldn't even touch. I just let him do his thing. You know, I wouldn't even touch Cleo Mack, but like let Fifty Two just do what he does, and and he'll, he'll be golden. But he has a he, you know, he has a good user, and he has a mind. He has like a college um, mindset, like like an Oregon type mindset. So he can put points up, but at what cost does it come? It, because if if that cost continues to be the inordinate amount of turnovers that happen at his expense what was what, it going to amount to nine and seven eight and eight like, like i just predicted eight and eight seven and nine maybe like like we need to see the guy that made the super bowl a lot on, on a more consistent basis a lot more if we see it once every three weeks or once every four weeks every other week you're going to get a guy that's just heckle, uh, um goodness gracious <laughs> that's just Jekyll and Hyde, up and down, you know, and even in the NFC, which we can undoubtedly say is the less chaotic conference this year, 8-8 eight eight not going to get you in, somebody in, in your division is going to win more than 8 games, I'm, I'm, I'm certain in that, I know that, 8-8, eight eight, ah, I don't see it, and, and, 
yeah, the NFC isn't, you know, the, the heralded conference this year, but make no mistake about it. The North and the South and the NFC, those, those are, are the two best conferences in the NFC. And I think those conferences can be matched up with, with AFC conferences when you look at the talent that's in there, especially when you factor in that we don't know what Mike Hill has to offer yet. If he's good, it's going to get even more critical if he can, um, can't reel in these turnovers. So I have met 8-8. Eight and eight. I suppose his over-under, because I struggled with this so bad, I didn't know if it was going to be nine wins, seven wins, eight wins. I alternated between all three for a while before um, recording this. So by the time you hear, I would have you know settled in on a decision and then some. Um... Stay tuned for the for the over under. Like I I don't even know yet. I, I want to put it just at a straight eight, like you know, over under a push, and and maybe, maybe, because I I've seen some good and I've seen you know too much not so good for me to consider the good to be able to prevail. So actually, I take it back. Seven point five. I, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. And that's no disrespect to C's, but, you know, make me a believer. I'm here to be wrong. And most of the time I think I'm going to be right, but I'm here to be wrong, truthfully speaking. Like, I I love it when y'all can prove me wrong and then come back and say, hey, you know, make sure you tell the folks that I did this. I did that. You know, I won won this game that you said I wasn't going to win. I exceeded your win expectation, blah, blah, blah. If you do it. I shot you out. And if you don't do it, I'm going to come back over here and tell you I'm right. So, 7.5. That's what that's where I'm putting it at. I remain to be seen to I remain to be a believer. Um yeah, show me. Show me. Chicago Bears sees a 7.5. Shout out to the Twins though. So, real quick, let me take my sip of water before we get to tie in Kansas City. All right, so as we transition from Chicago to nearby Kansas City, Missouri, let's talk about a guy who quiet is kept, man. Quiet is kept, Ty is. Still in all, one of the most successful players the league has um, then in the past, currently as well. I see no reason why with this team that he has at his hands, his quarterback in particular, that he can't continue his run of success. Ty is a multiple-time world champion. He won with uh, the Rams, and he won with someone else who I'm currently forgetting. But I I do know that he's won multiple times. Um, He's been a factor with, with pretty much every team he's had from... The Ravens and Shamel Patton, what a name. Remember that guy? From uh, the very first cycle to uh, Pittsburgh, to the Rams, to Jacksonville, he was good. And now he's he's the Kansas City Chiefs. And based on his schedule, let's just get into it. I'll, I'll save that for during slash after we go through his schedule. So, 
All that being said, I have Ty losing his first game, which is week one at Jacksonville, at Chris, in a, in a battle of multi-time champions. You know, two, two of the best guys in some in some minds, two of the top five guys in the league based off of surveys that you, that you all provided. Um, I, I alternated back and forth with that one. I I just think Chris has a roster built to negate what Kansas City would like to do, hypothetically. And I think he wins. Then, after that, it's a, it's a pretty good um, first two games for him, though. It's a good test because you got Chris and you got Mark. You got two multiple-time champions, two guys who are considered to be in that top-five conversation. And in particular, the, the matchup with Mark, I, I I love that. I love this matchup. I love it, and I love the fact even more that we get it two times a season. Because here here are two guys who have similar credo. They have similar philosophy. You know, keep it simple, be effective at it, and win. The only difference is Ty does it, you know, like a sleuth in the night, quiet. Mark, he'll let you know about it. In any event, I see that being a very good division rivalry. I think those two will be contending for that division for um, seasons to come. And in this particular matchup, I think Ty wins. So one and one. Then I think he, now I think he's he gonna get some momentum because now let me let me tell you who's next. Baltimore. I think he wins as uh, Brandon. I, I think he beats him. Twan the Lions. I think Ty beats him. And, you know, Tuan talked a little bit about him in the previous episode. So, you know, we got a nice little build-up to that week four matchup in Detroit. I think Ty wins that one. Then, it's against the Indianapolis Colts and Flash. I think Ty wins again. Flash still, in my opinion, will be, you know, kind of getting acclimated to the game getting his first set of real reps in as we go through the season. I've been there before. I know how that can be. Sometimes you don't hit your stride until maybe mid-season or so. I think Flash will still be trying to find his, and I think Ty will win. Then you have Edgar and the Houston Texans up next on the schedule. Ty wins that, I believe, um, fairly comfortably. But watch out, though. White and Clowney could, could cause some things. So you never know, but... I think Ty wins that uh, pretty handsomely. Then you have at Kern Week 7. I think Ty wins again. We, I mean, because before, before I go into the next game, Kern being too nice about having Ty in his division. Did, did y'all see when you know it was revealed that I think Ty was the Chiefs or something happened? I, I think like the, yeah, I think Ty locked in the Kansas City Chiefs in the draft. And Kern was like, you know, he said that that like that shocked the system. He's been in Ty's corner for for a while now. I, I think Kern fails to realize that he ain't your friend. <laughs> he he coming to, he coming to whack you, bro. Like twice a season for as many seasons as he stick around. Baby, if you don't know, you better act like you know. Better tighten up. I'm I'm telling you. I think Ty wins that because Kerm's too nice to Ty. And just also, Ty's just a better player. But 
Kern being too nice to Ty is just going to make it even worse than it should be. Then uh, Mike Ill comes to town, or, or Ty rather plays Mike Ill. Yeah, in Kansas City. I think Ty wins. We have, we have yet to see again what Mike Ill has to offer. Then a good game here. Nick in Week 9 versus Ty. It's also in Kansas City. Ah, that's a tough one. I have it. I have Ty winning. I think, you know, by this point, we're talking about a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, a seven and one tie who would have only lost to Chris, according to my prediction here in week nine, seven and one at home, you know, possible front runner in terms of the AFC uh, standings by that point. But I think he's going to have some teams on him. That's going to, you know, feel the urgency to keep winning. Nick, maybe not so much. I I don't think the urgency for the NFC in that every week battle, that gaunt, that bloodbath, I don't think it's going to be the same in the AFC as it is the NFC and vice versa. I think there's more urgency for Ty to keep winning. And because of that, I, I'm a fan of urgency. I believe in it. And when you're urgent, things get done better. In my opinion, they get done more effectively, too. And I think Ty will win that game in a good game, though, in a good game against Nick and the Vikings. Now, week 10, another good game at Mays, at Tennessee. My presumption is Mays will have started to turn the corner and figure out this team now. Mays is a guy who, for my money, can be the best player on any given day of the league. If you, if you want an overall perspective from me, I would put him number two. But he has that capability of being the best guy in the league, game in, game out, season in, season out. I think Mays reestablishes some of that that dominance that he's had over the years. Not saying he's going to dominate Ty, but I think it's a, a statement game in which he says, hey, you got Reggie in Cleveland. You got Ty in Kansas City. You know, you got David in the AFC as well. But I'm here too. Despite all those great players, Chris in, in Jacksonville, vice versa, I'm here too. And I'm a, what, seven-time champion? Y'all got to know something. Y'all got to know something. I feel he's going to come out, and it's going to be a battle. And I think May's going to win. And that could be the first of two matchups for them in this first season. But I have Mays winning that one, um, stopping to a small degree the momentum that Ty had building up hypothetically. So after nine games, I have Ty at seven and two, with his only losses being to Chris and Mays. Notable wins: I have him beating Mark, I have him beating Twan, I have him beating Flash, and I have him beating Nick, among others. I think Ty gets back into the winner's circle. The next week he plays, which is at L.A., at Manny. The game's actually in Mexico City, for whatever that's worth. I think Ty gets back on the winning track in that one to go to 8-2. and two. Then, I think in the rematch against Mark, where, where Oakland comes to Kansas City, I think Mark walks away with that victory because those guys are so similar that whoever can out Whoever can be themselves more is going to win. And I always say, if you can't 
develop a game plan to defeat yourself? Like, if you don't know what beats you, how can you go into a big game and defeat your opponent consistently? The thing with that is, for each of them, I feel that they know how they can be defeated. And because they're so close in gameplay and in approach to the game, I don't think that's going to be a big problem for them to figure out about each other either. So I have a season split between Mark and Ty. I have Ty winning the first game at Oakland. I have Mark winning the second one at Kansas City. So we're talking 9-3 and three Ty headed into uh, the fourth quarter of the season, hypothetically, where he has Kobe at New England. I think that's a win. Um, Kerm versus the Denver Broncos in Kansas City at Arrowhead. I think that's a win. Um, like you heard me say in Caesar's uh, preview at Chicago week 16, I think Ty wins that. And he closes the season versus Manny. I'm not, yeah, I haven't really looked at the Chargers schedule yet, so I can't tell you what I think about his season uh, to this point. But this is a game that could be potentially for home field advantage. I don't think it's going to be any, oh, I'm going to rest my starters in the AFC. Unless you're that AFC East team that comes away with the division title and can do it in a fashion where you blow the rest of the teams out of the water. That's the only division I can see a team resting starters that is looking to play into January. So because of that, it could come down to a tiebreaker. I think Tide needs the game. Um, the the rest has yet to be seen as far as the AFC in terms of you know, wild card positioning and all that. I think Ty will need to gain more, which is something considering I think Manny will be in that, you know, fighting for maybe that last playoff spot. But in any event, I think Ty wins. Bringing um, my prediction of his season one in Madden 20 to a robust 13 and 3. 13 and 3. You got Kansas City, you got the MVP, the cover athlete. The best quarterback, you know, you can say Brady, but I think that that bazooka puts Mahomes as the best quarterback in the game. And that, that's just how I see it. You got speed on defense, proven playmakers. I mean, you got uh, you got Chris Jones down there. You got the Honey Badger. You know, you lost uh, Eric Berry, but you got some you got some nice speed. Like you got nice personnel in Kansas City on both sides. Tyreek Hill, obviously. Um, yeah, I got Hartman, the rookie, Travis Kelsey, you know, it's just a good team. It's a good team. If he does what he's been doing, he'll be just fine. Ty, that is. Um, I don't, I can't say if not, because I, I don't think he, he's a hard guy to get out of his game plan. Like, you know, I know in the preseason, he was kind of saying like, you know, defense is a little bit more of a challenge. But I I, I got to see him be stopped. I got to see him be stopped. I think he has, you know, a, a relatively, I want to say easy schedule because he has some good teams on there. But I think his best is better than a lot of people's best. Even more so, I think his average is better than a lot of people's average. And if you give me um like a median tie per week, I think you got a borderline top five results-based player. 
and I expect that to continue. So I have tied 13 and 3. I had C's at 8 and 8. Um, for the over-under, I put C's at a 7.5 because on the account and merit of inconsistent gameplay and good opponents. Ty, I'm going to put at 12.5 on the merit of consistent gameplay, a somewhat, in, in some cases, favorable schedule with a couple of toss-em or pick-em games, rather toss-up games, and the motivation of potentially being that number one seed in the AFC, which could be huge given the AFC roster, given Mays, given Chris, given Reggie, given David, you know, given Flash, um, whoever wins the AFC East, who I expect to be the fourth seed anyway, given that person, that team, you know, given Mark. And then you have wild cards out there and Manny, you have wild cards out there like Jix. Bean has proven himself to be, you know, an, an upper half you know, top 10 guy, in my opinion, it, we, we had to see it all play out, but I feel as always that the cream will rise and, and Ty has been the cream for quite some time now, for quite some time, whether you like his play selection, the way he gets it done or not, he gets it done. So, um, that's it for my predictions couple quick notes before you know I, I end this session rather quickly we're at uh, 37 minutes so we're actually like right on time so I mapped out all the numbers all of them I have you know a list of the episodes coming up I know the players the the two players that'll be featured in each episode coming up um I'm just getting started man I'm just getting started you know it's been three days so far three episodes and, and and the energy is building, like the the lights is on in the kitchen, and that table is being set, and it's being set well. So, you know, it probably be no episodes this weekend that that air, but best believe I'm coming in Monday. I got that heat for you, man. I got that heat for you. I got that work for you. Like, stay with me. Um, did I mention we also, you know, the the Spotify um, deal has been secured. We are we on Spotify at the Numbers Game, presented by the YSN Network. Um, Apple Music hopefully soon come, and you know we're just gonna keep building it. Like, and I ain't going nowhere, man. Like, and and, and I know, I know that's that's easier for me uh, said than done, and I'm sure y'all agree. But man, we we got something working. I, I think this is the the best way to, to get this handled. Y'all seem to like it. Which you know, which is cool with me. I appreciate that. Please keep sending in the feedback, like whatever you think can be improved. I already got some ideas. That I'm gonna start incorporating beginning on Monday, and and over this weekend, as I you know, hopefully, um, can get some more episodes in for you guys in a timely fashion on Monday, for the smoke, cause you know, Monday is smoke day in the chat. But yeah, like whatever you got, ideas, suggestions. Um, difference of opinion, especially, um, you know, sees that, um, your division previews ain't lost, man. Like it's definitely a space for him. Like, don't, don't let me stop a good time. Cause it's room for all of us at the table. I'm just trying to help set it. 
you know, we, we can have multiple outlets that provide multiple perspe- perspectives on the same things. And they'd be beautiful because it's like, okay, I might not like uh, Sports Illustrated, but I'm going to go to the sporting news. Or I might not like the sporting news, but I like uh, ESPN the magazine. So the more the merrier, I think. And, you know, it ain't, it ain't uh, no you know, like competition or nothing because at the end of the day, we're in the same, we're in the same league, we're in the same chat, and we all just try to make it as best as we can. So uh, that wraps it up for me on the third edition or third episode in this preseason series known as the Numbers Game on the YSN Network. Um, thank you for tuning in. And, yeah, man, may the numbers ever be in your favor. We'll see what the next ones are on Monday. I'll holler.